This week's Torah portion tells us that our future is determined with what we see with our hearts and not with our eyes. We are confronted with one of the most profound questions in all of life. Do we have faith when we look into our future? Our Torah portion teaches us today that our vision determines our future. Each of us is confronted with this question every single day. But in order to get to the question, we first must go on a journey in the Torah before we actually can get there. In this week's parsha, we read a story which is well known. We've left Egypt. We've crossed the sea. We've built a golden calf at the bottom of Sinai because we did not have faith that Moses would return. And we feared the unknown which surrounded us. And finally, upon his return, we receive the Torah, and it's an ecstatic moment, which reverberates through time, a moment that is so powerful, the Israelites, who felt unsettled and untethered as they wandered through the desert with only what they could carry, decided that that, that moment at Sinai was so profound and so powerful that they needed to somehow try and capture it. And since you cannot capture a moment as much as many of us want to in life, you have to build a systematic structure to remind us of that moment. Our structure was the Mishkan, the traveling sanctuary which stood in the middle of our community. And I imagine that this group of Israelites were hoping that the power of that moment would change us and that somehow that moment would actually puncture the thick skin which they developed through their disillusionment of hopelessness as they were under the rule of a tyrannical ruler, a ruler who thought there was no law above him, a ruler who did not know of morals or ethics. They lived in a world where the absurdity of a leader who had no ethical compass had changed them. Now, when they were first enslaved, they were outraged that they were enslaved. They were outraged that a leader could be so unjust and so cruel and so dishonest. But over time, that changed. And they became used to their new reality because it's all they knew. As humans, we adapt quickly. We know what it's like when we first put our toe in a pool of water and we jump back because it's cold. But then we take another step, holding our arms close to us, not even able to imagine that we'll ever actually be able to go into the water, nevertheless, get comfortable with the water. But then the strangest thing happens. Every single time as we jump in and we feel that first shock of the cold, within a few minutes, we're used to the temperature. And we no longer can relate to the people who are hesitant to getting in the water. As humans, we adapt and we get used to what surrounds us. We may have been appalled that a leader would lie, that a leader would instruct his agents to tear children away from their mothers. But then over time, we shrugged our shoulders because we're used to the water that we're in. So those Israelites, they leave Sinai. They want to take with them, to take that sense of faith and awe and optimism with them as they venture into the unknown. And then finally, we reach this week's parsha, Shalach, where the Israelites receive the ultimate tests. They've been journeying, 
and dreaming of the land of Israel. A place they'd been promised was good, a land that flowed with milk and honey, and it was finally a place where they could not only be safe and free, but it was a place where they could actualize the world that they'd always envisioned. But you see, that was the test. What did they envision? What were they able to see? Much like a Rorschach test with ink blots. The assessment was not really about what the land looked like. It was really about what their eyes saw, what their hearts could envision. And Moses, he asks this exact question in Numbers 13, 19. And what of the land that they dwell in, is it good or bad? Now, Rabbi Dove Lisner, he points out that Moshe would ask whether the land was good or not is astonishing. Given that God explicitly tells Moses in Exodus 3.8 that God would bring them to a good land, one flowing with milk and honey. They'd already been guaranteed a good land. This assessment was not about the land. It was about them. It was about how they saw the world. The story of the spies returning with the report, it's well known. They come back from the land and they say, yes, the land looks just like we were told it was going to look. It's flowing with milk and honey. But there are giants there. As those giants, they see us as grasshoppers and we'll never be able to conquer the land. It's another way of saying that that's how we view ourselves. We see ourselves as small, as weak, as slaves, as not deserving to take up space. Now, most commentators, they believe that they were punished for this report. But I would argue that it's not commonly understood what they did wrong. They reported what they saw accurately. Moses takes this and then say that since they reported this, they conceived and led the rest of Israel to also believe that it was impossible. And for that, they're punished. But I think this interpretation is completely missing the point of the text. It's not God above that is preventing them from entering the land for 40 years until the generation that had only known slavery and a corrupt ruler had died off to enter. No, it was them who prevented themselves from entering the land. They stated their reality and their future, and then they actualized it. Joshua and Caleb are the only two of the 12 spies that say they can dream and they can see a path in this land, and they're permitted to enter in their lifetime. And this week's parsha is a reminder to us that we are the change that we are looking for. Each of our futures will be what we determine them to be. It's not that Joshua and Caleb did not see the future was difficult and would have challenges. Some challenges that they could never imagine. They saw all of that. But what they had was emunah, faith. Faith that something was possible. The 19th century American philosopher William James, he states, Faith is not a claim that a thing is certain. Faith is the force that enables us to act with certainty that something is possible. When Elisa and I got married and we stood under the chuppah, we took a massive leap of faith. We'd only known each other for four years. We were young. We had no idea what the future would hold. But with faith, we acted with certainty that our future had the possibility of being beautiful. 
We knew that we couldn't imagine what our future would hold. That in a few years after we smashed on that glass underneath the chuppah, that we would be crying with our new baby in our arms. We had no idea of the fear we would go through with a child in the hospital. When we stood under that chuppah, and we looked down in the left corner at Elisa's father's glowing face as he looked up at his little girl as he sat next to us in the chuppah, that just in a few years we would be holding each other, looking down at his grave as we begrudgingly heave dirt onto his coffin. We stand in life at the edge of a land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey, and the question that we're being prodded with this week is, will our life be good or bad? Will we walk into the land and have faith and hope of a future, even when times are dark? Are we a people that will squeeze the darkness until light comes out? Or are we actually too afraid to step forward into life, into our future? Have we closed ourselves off too much by seeing corruption, deceit, darkness, and dishonesty? And when we've experienced all of that, and we see that we've begun to shrug our shoulders at the darkness of the world, just like the Israelites did at their dishonest ruler in Egypt, when we see what we are afraid of, what is holding us back? The question we ask ourselves is, what are we going to do about it? The rabbis, they teach that on Adam's first night in the world, when he was in the Garden of Eden, and the sun set, and it was pitch black out, that he was scared to his core. He'd never been in darkness before. It was so dark that he couldn't see his hands in front of him. And in that darkness, he was certain that he would die. And it was in that fear that Adam, he reached down and he picked up two rocks. Now one rock, the name of it was death. And the other rock was darkness. Instead of throwing those rocks away or running the other direction, he held his two biggest fears in his hands and he smashed them together. And the Midrash says that when he smashed those two fears together, a fire burst out. And the warm glow of the light, it actually kept him safe and warm through the night. The glow, it vanquished the darkness and his fear. We're not a people who run from what we fear. We step into it knowing what is possible. Having faith is not about knowing what will happen. Having faith is trusting that there's a possibility that something could happen. And then we use all that we have within our souls to move our life, our future, our country, our society to how it ought to be. On this Shabbat, step into the land with bright eyes that can see a future filled with hope. Shabbat Shalom.